You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Charge podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Before we get started, we are two riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, we're really excited to have this show for you today and welcome into all of our new listeners and all of our loyal fans for checking it back in with us. And this is a show for you guys because we're getting back into voicemails and it's been a little weird because it's been a couple of short weeks for us. So we haven't got to get to them in a while because of Thursday night football. But we have a bunch to get into today and including talking about being scared for Justin Herbert taking all of these hits. We'll also talk about what it feels like to be a fan in Vegas of the Chargers and having that win take place and also how Storm Norton has performed so far in his first couple of real games playing for the Chargers so a lot to get into in the voicemails and we'll do that in the second and third segments but we also have some exciting news because two Chargers were selected for the Pro Bowl Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa so we'll discuss their credentials for making that list and also Joey Bosa suffering his second concussion of the season, which is scary, and whether or not Justin Herbert got snubbed potentially from the vote. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Monday, the NFL announced its Pro Bowl selections for the 2021 Pro Bowl, and the Chargers had two players make the cut. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Chargers have had a lot of talented players on their roster, and many of them have dealt with injuries so far this season, but when the Pro Bowl rosters were announced on Monday, Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa both made the Pro Bowl. And I think these are no doubt about it selections from the Chargers. And there are a couple of Chargers I think you could make an argument for. But these are the two guys that no doubt about it were going to make this team. Even though it's not being held in the conventional sense in 2021. But let's start with Joey Bosa who is obviously the best player on the Chargers defense. And what he's been able to do battling through injuries this year has been so impressive. And it was really nice David to see him get Get recognized for all the dirty work he's put in, even if he doesn't have the greatest raw stats this season, and make his way back into the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he doesn't have the most raw. He doesn't have the best raw stats for a pass rusher, but you look at his complete body of work and what he's been able to accomplish. This is also his third Pro Bowl nod. He has 39 tackles, seven and a half sacks this year. He had his best game of the year against the Buffalo Bills, where he had three sacks, six tackles for loss, a fumble recovery, and a pass defense. He was absolutely all over the football field. And we have to give him credit, too, because he's fought through injuries most of the year. He's tried to make himself available as much as possible. He's also been more of a vocal leader this year. So Joey Bosa earning that big contract this year, showing why it was the right decision to keep him around and lock him up for the foreseeable future, Daniel. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the scary thing with Joey Bosa right now, which comes on a bittersweet day for him, I'm sure, is the fact that he's also in the concussion protocol for the second time this season. And if you heard Joey Bosa talk about his first concussion, it was pretty enlightening just hearing about his depression and his mood swings that he suffered because of it and just not wanting to be around people. And just the thought of how scary it is to be an NFL player and suffer something like this. And I think at this point, it's fair to wonder whether we've seen the last of him this season with only two games remaining. I mean, he would still have to get out of the concussion protocol to get back on the field for the Chargers. But at this point, having it be his second of the season, you have to wonder the cost benefit of putting him back out there instead of just letting him have the entire offseason to recover from that but what he's been able to do on the field has been special he definitely hasn't lost anything since signing that contract he's still fourth amongst all edge defenders in pressure rate as far as pass rush win rates against offensive linemen so 26 percent of the time he's winning that matchup and he's getting pressure on the quarterback that's an extremely high number and Joey Bosa is still playing as well as we've really ever seen from him but let's get to the other guy on this list and that is Keenan Allen who has been absolutely special for the Chargers especially given his story of coming back from so many season-ending injuries and the bad luck he sustained early on in his career to see what he's done since that David has been special and now he's headed to his fourth consecutive Pro Bowl. He absolutely has and Daniel we've had the absolute pleasure of watching Keenan Allen bounce back from some injuries early in his career with a lot of critics saying that he was going to be a bust that he's got hurt and he's not going to be able to come back well Keenan Allen has come back and he's come back with a vengeance these past four years he has been nominated to the Pro Bowl each and every season and it's simply because he's been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and this year he broke the record for the most receptions in his first First 100 games with 624 receptions that shows the model of consistency and this year Keenan Allen has been targeted a lot 138 times he has 100 catches already with two games to go 992 yards receiving eight touchdowns which ties his career high and a passer rating win targeted of 96.6 that chemistry that he's developed with Justin Herbert was on display against the Jets when Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen connected 16 times, which broke the record for the most receptions in Chargers history by wide receiver. So that chemistry right there is special, and it's going to be seen in Los Angeles for years to come. It's been amazing to see how fast those guys have got on the same page. And I think for Keenan Allen and for Joey Bosa, both of those guys have had some injuries this year. They've had to leave games due to injuries, and they've also had to play on some pitch counts in some games where they weren't able to play the entirety of the snaps, but they've still been able to put up the performances that they have so far this year. I mean, Joey Bosa had a couple of games where he was far down the list as far as how many snaps he played, but still led the Chargers in pressure. So to see what they've been able to do, I mean, so far this year, especially dealing with those injuries, has been super impressive. And I think if both guys had stayed healthy for the entire season, I think you could see an all-pro next to their name. The last thing is, is Justin Herbert didn't make the list. And I know a lot of Charger fans were upset about that. And the three guys who made it, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen, have all had phenomenal years. Justin Herbert has obviously played one less game than those guys as well. And I think those guys all deserved it. I understand the frustration, but they'll have to settle for one of the best rookie seasons that we've ever seen. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into your guys' voicemails because you guys brought it with the questions this week, and we're excited to hear you guys talk about the Chargers' last win and every and all of the other questions that you guys have coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that 
betonline.ag is now the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. And there's just nowhere else that you want to put your money if you guys want to bet on sports. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer than ever. You guys have only so much more time to bet on football. If you guys want to get in on the action, now is the time. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. That's free money to bet on football at betonline.ag. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on all caps for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into the voicemail segments. And you guys brought some more good voicemails for us this week. And we really appreciate everybody that took the time to call into the show. And we appreciate being able to give you guys this platform to vent usually. But after games like we saw from the Chargers winning in primetime football, I know it's always a little bit better. And there's just a little bit more excitement from you guys this week. So we have a lot to get into here. But we're going to start with K-Dub from Oregon. Let's hear what he has for us. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? This is K-Dub from Oregon, Albany, to be specific. And I just watched the interception. And I cannot even be more proud of our Chargers right now. But leading up to that, Literally seconds before, I got to say, for our defense, other than probably the player capability, the coaching, I just, I have to say, man, it's just time for Bradley to go. Can we just let him go? Get someone in there who can consistently create for our Chargers defensive plays, defensive stops on a regular basis. That's what I'm saying. Anyway. Love you guys. Peace out. So this one was an interesting call just because obviously you're seeing the interception and obviously it's a happy time for the team. But for Gus Bradley specifically, everyone has been frustrated with the way he's called games. And now you have actually seen him go to a little bit more man coverage and you've seen the Chargers making plays, which is why it's so frustrating. So even though, David, I think we've seen the Chargers make some more plays in recent weeks and you have to give him some credit for that. It's one of those things where it's like you've had these players and even better players at times before injuries that could step up and make these plays and the Chargers haven't been able to do it. And I think consistency, like K-Dub talks about, is really what it's all about. Being able to consistently get off the field, consistently cause turnovers. That's something that we haven't seen until pretty much too late in the season for the Chargers. Well, I think you said it right there. I mean, it's just too little, too late for Gus Bradley for me. I think he just hasn't shown the ability to adjust. And I feel like if he made some adjustments earlier in the year, in-game adjustments and just adjustments week to week, then we would see some better results. But we've seen that he switched over to man coverage. The Chargers are taking the ball away at a much higher rate. But it's just too late. The Chargers are already out of it, and they could have made these changes earlier on and seen these results sooner. But they didn't do that. And that's why I agree with our caller that Gus Bradley needs to go. Yeah, and I think, I mean, he is one of the least likely guys to come back next season. I mean, and the off chance that Anthony Lynn comes back, it would still be surprising to see Gus Bradley. But I'm still in the camp where I don't think it's impossible that Lynn and Bradley keep their job next year. But I definitely don't think it's going to happen at this point, even if the Chargers were to continue to win. I mean, if they go 4-0, it's definitely more of a chance, but I still think at the end of the year, both guys will be gone. But let's get into the next voicemail caller. This one is Nick in Colorado. Let's hear what he has for us. 
Hey, fellas, this is Nick from Colorado. Been a little while since I called. Uh, just got done watching our boy run it in. Um, that was one long, agonizing game. Um, as far as the future, it looks bright with this kid uh, behind center. As far as everything else, I don't know why Anthony doesn't have some uh, some guts. You know, why can't we go for it on fourth? What do we have to lose? Literally, what do we have to lose? Nothing. Um, so... You know, I want I want 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 you guys to uh, answer if you think that he really is going to make it to the end of the season, or uh, and then what are we going to do about badge? Uh, let me know what you think. Bolt up, take it easy. I mean, Nick, don't you think at this point? I mean, every game is basically a long agonizing game for the Chargers. I mean, that's what it seems like at least, and they're never going to take it easy on you. Even the games that aren't close, you know, it ends up looking like the Patriots game, and that's still a very long. Very agonizing game, but I think we talked about it a little bit with the last voicemail call, but at this point, I don't think Anthony One's going to go. I mean, I'm almost at 100%. I feel pretty confident saying Anthony One's going to finish out the rest of the season just because of the reports that have already come out saying that they're going to assess everything at the end of the year. But for Michael Badgley, what do I do with him? I, I'm immediately looking at kickers. I mean, if the scouts haven't turned on the tape of new kickers already, I mean, there's something wrong from an organizational standpoint because Michael Badgley, it's not just like he's missed a couple of kicks this year, David. It's like he's been statistically the worst kicker in the league as far as missed kicks. So when you have that, there's no way you can go into that next season just thinking, hey, this is the guy. I mean, if he was Mason Crosby or someone like that, maybe you think, hey, he can recapture it. Robbie Gold's another good example. We've only seen one really good season out of Michael Badgley. At this point, you need a new kicker. No question about it. I mean, if if it's me, I'm getting rid of Michael Badgley immediately after the season. I'm not even taking my chances because he's already lost the Chargers games. And he almost cost the Chargers another game against the Raiders. It's just, it's enough. Like, he's missed 11 kicks this year. Field goals and extra points. The most in the NFL. There are... 32 kicker jobs in the NFL. Kickers are a dime a dozen. You can find another one. There are plenty of kickers out there looking for an opportunity. And right now, Michael Badgley is not making the most out of his opportunity, so they need to find someone who will. That's pretty much as simple as that. I mean, I'm not as confident as you that there's just a lot of great kickers, you know, being out there just waiting around just because even if there was, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence the Chargers would be able to find them because we've seen the kicking carousel and even knowing how bad that was, the Nick Roses, the Caleb Sturgises, that was terrible and I would never want to do that again. I mean, at this point, there's just really no other option than to bring someone else in, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, bring Michael Badgley with another kicker in next year. But let's not all forget that this team was trying out Roberto Aguayo at one point after, you know, one of the worst seasons we've ever seen from a kicker. So there's not a lot of great kickers in the league. I mean, you can say there's a handful of them, but you have to find one that's hitting more consistently than Michael Badgley has this year. But let's get into the last voicemail of the segment. There's no name on this one, but I think Joe's called in enough times where I recognize this is Joe from Jersey calling with his post-game report. Let's see what he has for us this week. Good evening, guys. Um, game just finished. Um, I don't know whether I should be happy or sad with this last, I don't know, win. We win and we lose draft position. Uh, possibly Lynn keeps his job. Uh, we lose. It'd be typical of a loss. We've had all season. Um, I'm really just 
right now concerned of the coaching staff and the way they're handling the players. I mean, I know we won that game, but uh, I feel like Herbert's going to get his head taken off with that, some of the play calls they're calling for him. I know he can run. I get it, and I actually wanted him to run more, but he, he looks unsafe out there. I mean, it, that, that last drive where we won, he got popped. Uh, I know it's a head to head hit, and that's not something that's, you know, whatever. Um, and any new quarterback sneak again. I mean, this, that combined with the offensive line that we have that they're, they're running out there, I uh, just, um, I'm just very frustrated with, um, uh, this team and the play calls, the lack of an adjustment on defense to contain Waller or to stop Mariota from, from running to his heart's content. Um, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm redundant, but, um, I just think, uh, it's uh it's scary to, to watch. I, Herbert is a beast. He's young. He's he's running free. Well, he's he's being his his uh, he's using his talent awesomely. But I'm just scared for him. I feel I feel like he could <laughs> be done. Anyway, sorry to ramble on, but um, uh, have a great week and uh, hope to hear uh, your reaction. Take care. <laughs> well, I would say that. I think we're all a little afraid of Justin Herbert getting hurt, right? I mean, David, we've seen Herbert take a lot of really tough hits this year. And I think really where I want to take this voicemail is if you had any issue with the Chargers going back-to-back quarterback sneaks. Like, obviously, it worked, you know, so it's hard to say, like, hey, you did that wrong. But I was as surprised as anyone that after Herbert had fumbled in the end zone and had gotten hit pretty hard, after already getting hit pretty hard a couple of plays earlier on a designed run, that they wanted to put hit the ball back in his hands to go win them the game. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely was a little bit perturbed that they decided to do that twice in a row. But, I mean, you know, like we were talking about before the show, Daniel, I mean, they tried the the double fades the last time against the Raiders, right? And both of them were unsuccessful. Right. So they were really close. I, f- I think they figured, like, hey, this is a high percentage play. And, again, I mean, it worked. So you can't really fight too much with the results. But, yeah, I was definitely a little surprised that they decided to run the same play twice in a row. I mean, it seemed to me like it was just showing the lack of confidence they had in the running backs to go get it or the offensive line in front of them to be able to get enough push by the time the running back got the ball to get into the end zone. But that's almost better than the blind confidence that we've seen from them before with the offensive line just handing the ball off knowing that it's destined at some point to be a four-yard loss. So it's just one of those things where I hate seeing Herbert getting put in harm's way. We've seen it with young quarterbacks. I mean, look what happened to Joe Burrow. If that isn't enough incentive to protect this young you know, phenom in the league right now, I don't know what is. But at, he has to get better protection because it is pretty alarming seeing him go out there and taking some of the hits that he's had. He's been pretty tough, but quarterbacks can only sustain so many of those hits that's what shortens quarterbacks' careers, and we saw it with Philip Rivers. It definitely didn't shorten his career, but there were so many years where they just could not protect him. And that's there's the not last a lot of Philip Riverses see. out there, though, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to have a knock at Justin Herbert's, you know, toughness, but I don't know if he's playing with a torn ACL. So let's not let it get to that place. The Chargers need to invest a hundred percent into protecting Justin Herbert. But we do have one more segment to get into because we have some more voicemail calls, including Deuce from Las Vegas going to give his reaction to that win being in Vegas and around all those Raiders fans. And if, you know, Justin Herbert could potentially be the next John Elway, we'll get into that coming up right after this. But if you want to break through a wall like Justin Herbert, 
breaking through the Raiders goal line defense. There's only one thing I use, and that is a Built Go, an energy supplement brought to you by the creators of the best protein bar on the planet. Built Bar now has an easy-to-take one-and-a-half-ounce energy supplement that can fit in your pocket, can fit in your golf bag, and it's going to be like having a monster energy drink without all of the jitters and things you can get from that. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. You can keep going through your day and get everything you need to get done. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And it has collagen in it, which promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. If you guys go to BuiltGo.com, you can use the promo code ALOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code ALOCKED, all caps, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, guys, well, we're going to get into the voicemail segments. A lot of good voicemails in this part, talking about John Elway, talking about the reaction from Las Vegas. But if you guys don't already, make sure to go check out the Peacock and Williamson show, what used to be the Locked On NFL show, but they will be covering the entire NFL, and I know I like to listen to it just so I can keep up with what's going on throughout the rest of the league, and it's two of the best hosts on the network. So if you guys want to stay up to date with everything, especially as the Chargers are not heading to the playoffs, Peacock and Williamson show is the way to go, but let's get into these voicemails. And, and this time we are going to start with Curtis Loki, one of our regular callers. Let's hear what Curtis has for us this week. Hey guys, Curtis Loki. Obviously super stoked about that win. Much, much needed. Not necessarily, you know, for draft position, but for just Chargers fans, man. You, as you guys stated on the show, and as we all know, man, especially being a California resident, dude. Beating the Raiders is, is awesome. Uh, so many bragging rights. But anyway, uh, you know, another great game from Justin Herbert. And, you know, I got to give a shout-out to Gus Bradley. Just, you know, look, man, we haven't been able to stop the run all damn year. And the Raiders have uh, a great offensive line for the most part. I don't know how injured they are on the O-line. But, you know, we all know what Josh Jacobs can do. And, you know, we were able to hold him in check. I mean, in the Marcus Mariota thing, I mean, that just – Wow. I mean, the reality of it is is that I think that they were in that game and we probably had a better defensive game plan for Derek Carr. I think I think we win the game easily without Marcus Mariota playing against us. But anyway, what a story for Herbert. You know, him being a Marcus Mariota fan, them both playing at Oregon. I mean, it goes deeper than football sometimes. And, man, I'm just stoked. Um, and, yeah, man, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys are going to get into some of the negatives, so I'll help you out, John. Dude, Casey Hayward, man, <laughs> that guy's got to go. Anyway, I uh, love the show. Look forward to hearing the, the next one. Love you guys. Bye. So this is something I was struggling with in the right and wrong part of it because the Chargers did do a good job on non-quarterback rushers in that game. And I guess I have to give... Gus Bradley some credit for that as far as, you know, limiting Josh Jacobs to a pretty average day. I think the non-quarterbacks had like 2.6 yards per carry. So that definitely was a good job. But you also got sliced up by Marcus Mariota, 9 for 88 yards. So it's kind of weird here. You would hope that Gus Bradley could have adjusted to that a little sooner in the game. Find a quarterback, spy a little bit earlier, have somebody that is going to be taking care of the quarterback when he tucks it because it's not as if that's the first time Marcus Mariota decided to run. But the one thing I was impressed with was when the Raiders got down to the goal line because the Raiders had a series where they had a first and goal from the four-yard line and a first and goal from the five-yard line. In those situations, Josh Jacobs got the ball 
four times and had a grand total of two yards on those carries. So that was something I was really impressed with, David. I agree. I agree. I mean, that's definitely something that you want to see. I mean, hey, I mean, you didn't think you were going to be playing against Marcus Mariota. I mean, to be fair, I mean, he comes in after an it's all an about adjusted injury. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's about adjustments. But we talked about this. We know Gus Bradley doesn't really do that. So am I surprised that they didn't adjust to him? No, I'm not, because that's what he's shown us. But yes, when it mattered most, when you know they were in prime position to score, the Chargers defense stiffened up and they prevented those scores. So that's what you want to see. I mean, that right there is the definition of Ben, but don't break. We've seen a lot of breaking this year, mm-hmm. but against the Raiders, they didn't. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we talked about it on an earlier show. I mean, they were awful in goal-to-go situations. The other team was getting a touchdown every time. And on tw- and twice on Thursday Night Football, they were able to get stops and hold them to field goals, and it was huge. And then just to add on to John's negatives for the week, we appreciate it because it's not like John has enough negative things to talk about. I mean, for Casey Hayward, I think the one thing you wanted to see was at some point this season, could he bounce back? Could he finish strong? And look like a guy that deserved how much money he's going to be making next season. And it's hard to say at this point that he's done that. But we'll have lots of time in the offseason to discuss whether Casey Hayward should be back. But let's get to a very exciting voicemail. This is Deuce, who's calling from Las Vegas. What's up, y'all? Deuce here from Las Vegas. Calling in, I have to say, feeling very, very relieved. Very, very alleviated. Because, you know, being out here in Vegas... I'm surrounded by a bunch of uh, uh, Raiders fans. So, you know, winning this one, especially in OT, was that much more sweeter. So I had to come with a real hot take for y'all since I'm feeling so good. I'm looking at Justin Herbert. I'm looking at the way he plays. I'm looking at his background being in baseball. I'm looking at the way that he can take a hit and come back lick after lick, and I'm talking really hard hits here, and come back unfazed, it really reminds me of a young John Elway. And I know it's a hot take. He's a young cat, but I see the potential being so high for this young man, and I'm just really proud to have seen the way that he performed tonight. So once again, thank you all for providing us with this platform. Ball up, baby. You already know. Yeah. Man, that's a great feeling. I think most sports fans can, you know, look back at a time in their life where they were surrounded by a lot of fans that weren't going for the same team as them and just realize how good of a feeling that is to kind of just stuff that, you know, in their face. But John Elway, I don't think I've heard the John Elway comparison for Justin Herbert yet, David. And I mean, that's pretty high praise, you know, for a guy who's a multi Super Bowl champion. Won it with Anthony Lynn, funny enough. But, that I mean, it's just so hard to compare these two players, even though I like where you're going with the take. Yeah, I mean, John Elway had a winning record, had a strong arm. I mean, that's what we hope for Justin Herbert, right? I mean, we know yeah. he has a strong arm, but we want to see him win a lot of football games and win championships. And that's what John Elway did in his career. So I think I like the comp and the, and the fact that I want that to be something for him to strive for. I mean, that's a lot of uh, hype and a lot of uh, expectations to put on a player, but I think we've seen some greatness uh, early in Justin Herbert's career. We just got to hope that he is able to adjust to the people that are going to adjust to him. 
So yep. that is something that we are going to be looking forward to. But it has been super exciting. Real quick, a story. I'm in Texas, and I remember uh, against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving after the Chargers spanked that ass. Uh, and, I mean, <laughs> they beat them badly. That was a uh, fun game to watch. Oh, it was great, man. I walked into a Whataburger with my Chargers gear on in Dallas with – Nothing but Cowboys fans all around me. And I was walking in there like I was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, that was the best feeling mm-hmm. in the world. So I know exactly how you feel, Deuce. Yeah, especially with all the excitement for the Raiders in that town. I mean, to be able to live there and have them kind of invade your city like that, then to pull off of that win in that fashion was pretty nice on primetime television. So, I mean, I love that. And I think that what you're talking about as far as toughness, I think we've seen a lot of toughness from Justin Herbert more than we would want to because we don't want to see him have to get up from so many big hits but for the most part besides that one play where he had to get taken off for Easton Stick and they decided to call a timeout instead of using Easton Stick he's been able to get back get up and be back in the game but you just don't want to see him continuing to take those hits but at the end of the day if you want to be John Elway you have to be able to win consistently because that is what he was known for so Justin Herbert has a lot of time there but hey John Elway started four and six his rookie season. So there's still a lot of time for the young buck, but we have one more voicemail to get into. So let's get into Brendan calling with a question about Storm Norton. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, this is Brendan. I had a question about uh, Storm Norton. Um, I saw that he got his uh, his ass handed to him against the Patriots, but, but really the whole team did. What do you guys think of his second start against the Raiders? Um, any ideas on why he was playing instead of Trey Pipkins? And... Yeah, what's your analysis of a guy that didn't get drafted and coming from the XFL? He seemed to seemed to hold his own, and I'm wondering if uh, we'll see more of him in weeks to come. Thanks. So as far as the Trey Pipkins thing, Trey Pipkins was on the COVID list, so that's why he was getting the start. The other time they said, hey, we liked what we saw from Storm Norton and all that stuff, but it's kind of interesting to see you know, that he goes on the list right after he has to start instead of Trey Pipkins, but... I liked what I've seen with Storm Norton, but I also didn't have a lot of expectations for it. He did lead the team in pressures last week, and that's not what you want to see. The Patriots game, he had a lot of issues coming in to start that game against that coach is, you know, cruel and unusual punishment. But David, what have you thought from a guy that, you know, we had high hopes for, but in the way you have high hopes for an undrafted free agent? Right, exactly. I mean, we've got to have proper levels to our expectations, right? We weren't expecting Storm Norton to come in and be an all-world right tackle or an all-world you know, offensive lineman. We, we did not expect that, okay? Let's be clear about that. But I think Storm Norton has improved. I mean, against the, the Patriots, he looked really bad, right? right? I mean, everybody looked bad. That was a, just a terrible game. But against the Falcons, I thought he looked pretty good. And then against the Raiders, I thought he looked pretty good too. I mean, the offensive line the last couple weeks – as a unit, has performed pretty well. I mean, Justin Herbert was only sacked once last game, and so they did a pretty good job. I mean, I know in the Falcons game was a lot of screens, right? But against the Raiders, they were throwing the ball. They were throwing the ball, throwing the ball down the football field, and they were giving Justin Herbert enough time to make those decisions and, and make those great throws. And we'll see if he comes back this week because actually Trey Pipkins came off of the COVID list for the second time today. So, We'll see what happens next week if Brian Bulaga can't go. But I think for Storm Norton, there was a couple of plays I liked. I mean, the big Austin Eckler run in the fourth quarter, he opened up a pretty big hole there. And what I've seen from him in the running game wasn't bad. There were a couple of times where, you know, he got a little bit out leverage and the guy ended up making a tackle. And he wasn't moving guys off of the line of scrimmage like you'd like to see. 
But most of the time, he took care of his block and made sure that that guy wasn't going to be a part of the play. And it did open up some good lanes for the Chargers in the running game. In pass protection, there were a couple of pressures where I thought that Justin Herbert held the ball a little bit long. And I think one of them also came on that disastrous play action play at the end of the game where he really just had no shot. But his anchor is a little bit shaky. There's a couple times I saw him when they went with the bull rush. He got a little bit too close to Justin Herbert for my liking. But at the same time, I thought he did a pretty good job against the Raiders' best pass rusher, who was Max Crosby. And even though he only has six sacks, I mean, that's better than anyone on the Chargers not named Joey Bosa. So I thought it was a tough matchup for him, and I thought he actually did pretty good. I don't think he was as bad as the stats might have suggested. So as far as him being the answer at left tackle, I doubt it. But as far as a cheap depth player, which is what this team is desperately going to need going into next season, I definitely like him for that role. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to everybody who called in. The number is 323-524-7924 for anybody who wants to join us on the show. We'd be happy to play your calls. But that is going to wrap it up. If you don't already, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. It's the fastest and easiest way to always get the show. And if you guys like the show, make sure to rate and review, and we would really appreciate it. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with a special crossover Wednesday with Cody Rourke of the Locked On Broncos podcast. A lot to talk about going into this next matchup coming up this weekend to see who's going to finish last in the AFC West. But we'll talk to you guys then. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.